The Legal Underground Podcast, Episode 38. On today's show, a conference about legal blogging, commentary about the next Bush Supreme Court nomination, and podcasting about movies. This is the Legal Underground Podcast, hosted by Evan Schaefer, one of the friendliest trial lawyers you're ever likely to meet, but hopefully won't have to. And now, here's Evan Schaefer. Hello, podcasting early adopters. Are you feeling proud of yourselves? You should be. Unlike the other 99.999% of the world's population, You know not only what a podcast is, you even know how to listen to one. It means you're on the cutting edge. It means that when the podcasting revolution finally, like, really becomes a revolution, when Adam Curry's pod show gets as big as NBC and TV Guide has changed its name to, hmm, Podcast Guide, and Don and Drew finally have to throw in the towel because they're sick of being stalked by the paparazzi, well, when all that happens, we'll be able to say, We were there at the beginning. We got in on the ground floor. Yeah, won't that make you feel good? Knowing that you were one of those wide-eyed visionaries permanently connected to your iPod way back in 2005. All right, enough of that. I'm making myself sick. On with the show, which is going to be a short show today since I'm getting ready to head to the East Coast for some work-related stuff. But before I take off to my final destination... I thought I'd share some commentary about President Bush's next Supreme Court nomination, in addition to talking about an entertaining film-related podcast called Cinecast, which has inspired an idea about my next podcast. All that is coming up. But before I get started, I wanted to make sure you heard the announcement about the law-related blogging conference that's going to be held in Chicago on November 11th and 12th. It's called BlogThink, where blog is spelled B-L-A-W-G, That's the spelling for a law-related weblog. The conference is being hosted by a company called LexThink, which is sort of a cutting-edge think tank founded by lawyers Dennis Kennedy and Matt Homan. I'll put links to all the pertinent details about BlogThink in the show notes. What's BlogThink all about? As I understand it, it's a two-day event. Day one will feature, quote, a series of panel discussions featuring some of the best-known legal bloggers with a focus on practical issues and lots of opportunity for question and answer sessions, close quote. On day two, the attendees will nurse their hangovers while they dig deeper into the whys and wherefores of law-related blogging. Now, personally, I wouldn't, uh, under normal circumstances, go out of my way to meet with a bunch of other web bloggers like myself. But this opportunity sounds like fun, and I'm also going to be speaking on the first day. I think my topic is going to be as follows. Taking your content to the next level. Writing techniques, features, and writing tips. Sounds a little dry, I know, but I'm a guy who can get pretty passionate about writing and hopefully I can make my presentation interesting. There will be plenty of other speakers too, so if you're a lawyer, a law student, law librarian, judge, or just interested in legal weblogging for some reason, and you're interested in attending the conference, you should contact Dennis Kennedy or Matt Homan. Even though the conference is an invitation-only event, You can probably wrangle an invitation out of Dennis or Matt by sending them an email and expressing your interest. Or email me and I'll see what I can do. Did I mention, by the way, that BlogThink is already being billed as the largest gathering of legal bloggers in history? Yes, it's true. And while this might be precisely why some won't want to attend, 
is probably a reason why others will. If you're a legal weblogger, you'll get to meet a lot of people in person who you've only corresponded with by email. So if you attend and you see me, mention this podcast and I'll buy you a beer. And on that note, let's move things along by turning to the news. Last Thursday, September 22nd, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted 13-5 to to approve the nomination of John Roberts for the position of Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. The yes votes came from all 10 Republicans on the committee, plus three Democrats, Senators Leahy, Cole, and Feingold. The five no votes came from the remaining five Democrats on the committee, Senators Kennedy, Biden, Feinstein, Schumer, and Durbin. The full Senate will vote on the Roberts nomination next week. Roberts is expected to be confirmed without any difficulty. And then, what will happen next? Well, after that, President Bush will turn to nominating a second Supreme Court justice, a replacement for Sandra Day O'Connor. O'Connor resigned from the Supreme Court a few months ago, but she'll be staying on until her replacement has been chosen and is confirmed. President Bush has some tricky waters to navigate. Some pundits will be watching the way the Senate Democrats vote next week on the Roberts nomination to get a sense for how the Senate Democrats will react to another conservative pick to replace O'Connor. But the Senate Democrats may not be where the action is. Between you and me, I think it's going to be the Senate Republicans who will be Bush's biggest problem. Allow me to explain. The late Chief Justice Rehnquist, who will probably be replaced by John Roberts, was one of the court's leading conservatives. When he's replaced by Roberts, another conservative, it will be a straight-up one-for-one conservative-for-conservative exchange that won't change the balance of the court at all. But replacing O'Connor is a different story. She's what the newspapers call a pivotal swing vote. In other words, on a nine-justice court, she's often the tiebreaker when the vote would otherwise be four-to-four. Often, her vote serves as a moderating influence on the court. So if Bush replaces O'Connor with a staunch conservative like Roberts, it will upset the apple court. I mean the apple cart. Moving the court firmly to the right. Now it's easy to say that moving the court to the right is Bush's prerogative as the guy who won the last presidential election. In fact, he even said he was going to do it when he was running for president. Still, the Democrats aren't going to be happy about it, and they'll be prepared to fight. But as I said, it's some of the Republicans who might be Bush's biggest problem. If Bush nominates a very conservative replacement for O'Connor, some of the more moderate Senate Republicans are likely to object. Senators like Lincoln Chaffee of Rhode Island or Olympia Snow of Maine. What if Bush goes the other direction and nominates someone who is less conservative than Roberts? Someone who is a more moderate conservative? Someone who is seen as supporting abortion rights? In that case, Bush is going to get a lot of heat from the right wing of his own party. That's why any way you cut it, there's probably no way Bush will be able to please all the Republican senators like he was able to do the first time around, which means that we might be in for some very entertaining legal drama in the coming weeks. Wait, might be in for some entertaining drama? No, it's pretty much a certainty. Stay tuned. Finally today, I told you it was going to be a short show, I want to move on to podcasts, and in particular, a movie-related podcast called Cinecast. It's a show that's put out twice a week by two very intelligent guys from Chicago named Adam Kempinar and Sam Hallgren. Basically, they just talk about movies, but they do it in a way that's both informative and entertaining. The show is also very well-produced. In fact, I've stolen some of their production ideas and used them on this show from time to time. The bottom line? 
If you're looking for a new podcast to listen to and aren't listening to Cinecast already, it's one you should definitely check out. I also wanted to mention something fun that Sam and Adam have been doing lately. Some people call them film snobs for the way they seem to be most interested in modern, artistic, important films. It's not true, but their detractors are able to point out something that both Adam and Sam freely admit. That is, that their movie knowledge, which is extensive, has some gaps when it comes to the classics, as well as certain genres that some of us commoners often waste our time watching, westerns and horror movies, for example. So recently, Sam and Adam have committed themselves to filling in these gaps one week at a time. They're beginning with some classic westerns. Each week, they're announcing the movie they'll be watching and discussing the next week, High Noon, The Searchers, Stagecoach, and so on. After westerns, they'll be moving on to horror films. Now, Sam and Adam's gap filling is only a very small part of their show. Mostly, they focus on new releases. But I think their idea of announcing movies ahead of time is interesting, and that it gets listeners involved in and committed to their upcoming podcasts when those listeners take the time to watch the movie that's slated to be discussed the following week. It got me thinking about the idea and how I could apply it to this show. Uh, Unfortunately, I haven't really come up with an answer, but I am going to do a sort of mini version of the idea. In my next podcast, I'm going to turn to law-related movies, and specifically The Insider. That's a 1999 movie starring Al Pacino and Russell Crowe that's based on a true story about a lawsuit against the tobacco industry. What I'm going to do in my next podcast is break down that movie from a plaintiff's lawyer's point of view. Break down the insider as an insider, as it were. I posted about the movie on my weblog before, and in particular, my problems with the way Hollywood took the actual true legal transcripts on which the movie was based, and then dramatized them way out of proportion to the actual events, making the plaintiff's lawyers in the film, real-life lawyers Ron Motley and Dickie Scruggs, look way more dramatic than was really fair. I'll explain it all in more detail in my next podcast. If you plan on listening, take another quick look at that movie before then. I figure you have about a week and a half to do it, uh, probably two weeks. That's when I'll be podcasting about real-life lawyers Ron Motley, Dickie Scruggs, their respective legal careers, and the Hollywood movie that made them both superstars. And with that, we've come to the end of the show. If you have any comments about this episode of the Legal Underground Podcast or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email. The easiest way to find my email address is to look at my weblog, Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground, at www.legalunderground.com. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it and have them subscribe for free at the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Legal Underground Podcast. For more legal education, visit Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground at legalunderground.com. When it doesn't nauseate, it always entertains.